start figuring out family. So this is another really interesting episode. It's from the lens of obviously golf, but through the eyes of a content creator slash influencer. This week on the pod, I interviewed uh, Daniel Solner, who goes by Short Game King on Instagram, as well as TikTok. Daniel started off, he, he started his page uh, back in March of 2022 and has quickly blown it up. Um, he has over you know 100,000 on Instagram. I think it's 118,000 on Instagram, uh, 30 to 40,000 on TikTok. And he talks a little bit about the strategies he used to grow his account, increase his engagement. And I tried him. I tried him out. And sure enough, like I posted this reel via, uh, I guess, Instagram with the strategies he told me about. And the post blew up. Uh, it has like 34,000 views prior to this point. Um, I guess the most viewed or engaged post I had was around 14. So 20,000 extra, basically just using the strategies Daniel told me about. High value uh, podcast here in my eyes. You know, we're living in 2023. Everyone is trying to get out of their corporate job, but but what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? So I think a very viable way of, of moving out of that and like building your own brand is starting with social media, building a following, and then kind of taking it from there. I think having your own personal brand in 2023 is very important. And again, this is a high value podcast, but it's applicable to really everyone who is trying to start a brand, not necessarily just people within the golf niche. I think it's applicable to anyone who's trying to grow their following um, organically. So Daniel, huge shout out to you. Thanks for coming on the pod. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you for sharing the tips and uh, just kind of coaching me through it. I mean, we've been chatting on the side um, and I really really appreciate you. I also look forward to playing with you, hopefully uh, here shortly. Anyways, figuring out fam, I hope you enjoy and here's the pot. Daniel, how's it going, man? How are we doing? Two Daniels. Two Dan. I've never met a bad Daniel, dude. Nope. It's a good name. It's a great name, dude. So Daniel's short game king on Instagram. He's a big golf. He's an influencer, a big golf influencer. Look him up. Uh, I really admire his content. I think he has a lot of, of value, a lot, a lot he has to offer uh, with his posts. Um, but I want to get into to know you, the man, dude, because people can obviously go to your profile and, and check out your content. So I was hoping we can just kind of get to know you, like who you are as a person. So I'm originally from San Diego, um, uh, lived there my whole life, and then went to college at USC in LA. Um, and then obviously COVID hit when I was my senior year. I'm, I'm 24. Uh, So still young, but COVID hit like my senior year of college. So went home um, and then that was it. Never went back to USC. Uh, So senior year sort of ended abruptly, but lived lived in San Diego for two years after. And, you know, when you go from college and you have no no one looking after you, then you go home for two years, your parents, you know, you get sort of annoyed with them. And I still had a lot of friends up in LA from school and my girlfriend lived up here and you know, it wasn't long distance. It was a two hour drive, but we still could only see each other on weekends. And then when she came down to San Diego, I wanted to play golf and it just didn't really, it didn't work out. So I moved up to LA, um, living with two of my buddies that were in my fraternity and get to see my girlfriend almost every day, which is nice. So, um, and yeah, been an avid golfer since I was like 10. Um, I live on a golf course in San Diego. So the grand, so you live on the grand because we always, so you, you open up the Instagram, you go to Dan's profile. He's at the grand. This guy does not leave the grand. You, you I didn't realize you lived on property. So that's badass. Dude. Yeah. So 
Yeah, we we were actually like one of the first houses there. So it's funny because I've like sort of seen the whole like it was originally called the Meadows Del Mar. Um, and then it was uh, it was sold like seven or eight years ago to Fairmont. So now they call it the Fairmont Grand Del Mar. Um, but a lot of so like we were one of like the first, I think, like 10 houses in the neighborhood. Um, and we just saw the thing grow. Uh, so the golf course was there when we moved, but the hotel was not. So we saw the full ground up from the hotel. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's my stomping ground. I've been playing there since I was 10. I was a really good golfer when I was like 10 or 11. I was a part of like the grand, uh, like amateur team or like they're like USGA. I never played any of those tournaments, but they had like a grand team. Um, we went to like Atlanta and played a couple people there. So I was really good. Was you really? I was Damn. Like, yeah. 10, 11, 12. I was really good. I only had one teacher. So I had one coach that was at the grand. His name was Wyatt. And that's the only coach I've ever had. So I've never taken another lesson, which is kind of like a fun fact. Wait, so you've just had one lesson in your entire life? Well, not, life, not one lesson, but one coach when I was 10 or 11. And there were multiple lessons there. Like he was the one who helped me get the fundamentals of my swing, but I've never paid another coach since I've been 12, which is kind of funny. So like I've, you know, worked my way up into like a, into a good golfer based on like seeing my swing. But Anyways, I get to college and, you know, soccer was my big sport. So I played a lot of soccer in high school. Wait, time out, dude. You're going fast. Did you play any golf in, in high school at all? Or did you, what was that like? Like, how did your game evolve after you being like a, a childhood prodigy? You're going to Atlanta. Yeah, so I sort of stopped. I didn't really play, you know, like I played on and off because like it was right by my house. Um, but I've always been a soccer guy. Uh, even before, you know, I started golf, like when I was two or three. Um, so middle school. During that same time, like middle school, ages like 12 to 15, I was totally invested in soccer, uh, playing, you know, at a pretty good club down in San Diego, uh, traveling a lot for soccer. Um, so that was really my main sport. It was like golf was like, I was like, okay, this is boring. You know, um, golf takes a lot of devotion and a lot of practice and I just wasn't up for it. Um, and then as high school went on, um, I played soccer in the winter, which was like December. And then the spring sport was tennis and golf. Um, not a bad life, dude. Not a bad life. <laughs> not a bad life. When, uh, when high school rolled around, I was still like in this like stigma of like screw golf. Like I don't really like golf. It's boring. Um, so I played tennis for the first like two years um, and still like played golf non-religiously, but like, you know, here and there with my dad and his friends and some of my friends. And then, I think it was like junior year, I decided to switch up and play golf on the high school team. And because a lot of my buddies were on it. So we sort of had fun. They gave like, you know, we played a couple of nice country clubs in San Diego. Where'd you get out? Because like, dude, we're a San Diego based pod. I'm actually, you know, based in San Diego. Did you play like farms and like LJCC or bridges? No, there were like Encinitas Ranch, like San Diego Country Club. Uh, so, you know, some good tracks, but not not the big private ones. Um so yeah, and then like started playing and still like fooled around, like never took it seriously. I never went to the practices. We just like showed up like they needed golfers. So we're like, we'll just show up at the games. Um, and back then I was probably shoot like you only played nine holes in high school. I was probably shooting like, I think low 40s at the time. And that was obviously really good for me. I think I was like, and that's how bad our team was. Like I was like probably, I think I was the second or third best on the team. So like people were struggling to break 40. Um, in high school. So like none of us were going college or pro or anything. None of us we were just doing it fun. And then when college hit, it was more like, okay, shit, let's start playing golf. Uh, like a lot of my buddies, you know, started to take up golf. None of them were there. And it was cool. Cause I was, I was honestly like the best one out of the group. Cause everyone was trying to, you know, get it up. Um, 
and we played like almost every week in college. And then I got the bug again. Um, and where where were you playing? Like right off campus or cause you said you went to USC. So like, when, cause I'm not a big LA guy. So when you think of golf, like in LA near USC, I mean, I've been to your campus to that Chick-fil-A. I don't know what, what <laughs> yeah. uh, street that's on, but dude, I don't like see many golf courses, bro. Like where would you guys uh, play? They were, they were really shitty public courses. Um, so like we would always try get a tea time and, the funny thing was like pre-COVID, it was pretty easy to get a tea time. We'd go play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then when COVID hit, like those same golf courses, we couldn't play. There was no tea times available. So it just shows how COVID escalated golf. Um, but we would play like a lot of public courses. You know, we found a couple, um, played some in Palos Verdes, but nothing special, like $50 or less. Um, and then I started getting really into it again. And um and then would always go back and forth from San Diego. And then I think like once COVID hit is when I really started taking it seriously because I was in San Diego. So I could go to the range every day. Um, and I worked my way down from like a 13 or 14 all the way to like a two now. Um, and it was just like, you know, I, as people have known from my profile, I have a pretty unorthodox swing, unorthodox grip. Dude, so um, I want to get into that, but keep going, keep going. <laughs> no, just what I was saying is like, I would, I, it was just all self-taught. Like I would take videos. Um, you know, I'd watch the pros and I'd be like, okay. Um, and it was a lot of trial and error. I'm like, okay, maybe let me put it more on my front foot. Um, am I too close to the ball? Am I too far to the ball? So it was a lot of that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, we can get into the grip now. That's pretty much my whole but, spiel. On but how before, before we get into the grip, the grip, like I, okay. So there, there's Daniel, the golfer. You got, he went from a 13 to a two, right? So did yeah. you start documenting this process or like, how did you blow up on oh. Instagram or like, how did that whole thing happen, dude? Well, it hasn't even, it hasn't even, sorry, let me just, my dog, I have, looking after my dog. Yeah, I can edit it out. Yeah, he just gets in his stuff. Um, no, I, this, this account hasn't even been a year old. It hasn't really? even been a, a year birthday. So I pretty much started it in last March. Um, and it just, you know, really like brutally honest, the first, the reason why I started it was to like, just document some golf, but I really wanted like free gear. You know, I was on Instagram and a lot of my normal Instagram, I was, you know, watching the Mac, ba Mac vouchers of the world and like seeing a lot of people post Instagram golf content. But like, there was a very like uh, strategic thing. Like everyone was just posting their swings, you know, it's like, um, what I've learned with Instagram is like, you either have to provide like some sort of value or entertainment. Um, and a lot of people were providing the entertainment part and, you know, people posting whole vlogs and stuff like that. Um, and short game, I've just loved short game. Um, even when I was younger, I've always been a really good chipper and putter. And even when I go to the range now, I'll spend, you know, probably 50 to 60% of the time I'm there at the short game area. So chipping, putting, like, I'm always like, I just want to go putt. Um, so I think like short game is like the best attribute. And like I said, I have like very unorthodox ways of swinging golf. So like a lot of the tips that I put out are just like, you know, I was never trying to be a teacher like other people are where they're like, you need to get your arm here. Like, all this like step by step, it was more of like, I like to call it like digestible uh, information. So like these like five to 10 second videos of just like, uh, brutally quick, like easy to digest tips on specific short game uh, scenarios. Um, so I think that's what really escalated my, uh, my account was I niched very down into short game. Um, and I would post, you know, cool chips and tips. And that was really it. And, and it might have been a time where 
it was that your was strategy not. initially or did you like sort of evolve like has your content kind of evolved throughout this because you said it hasn't even been a year or was it pretty much just like this is it dude you're like liver king the grandmaster plan is like <laughs> hey my next um, day we have a million followers yeah no there has been like a longer master plan um but really to start was you know like i said to get enough followers where i can reach out to cool brands that i loved and would and would try like wear their stuff and promote their stuff right so in a sense get free merch and because there were a couple brands when I started, I really liked and I was buying a lot of their stuff. And I'm like, guys, I love this stuff. Um, but I obviously like didn't have this account yet. So, you know, the main goal was honestly to like, make an account of just documenting my stuff. Because at that time, I was going to the range every day and try to get free clothes. Um, and, you know, I, I had a very definitive style starting out the account where like I said, it was five to 10 second videos of just tips. Um, and the main thing that I used, which is uh, a lot of people in like social media and I, and I, I dove so deep into this. Like I was watching YouTube videos. I was actually paying social media consultants, right? Cause there's some people who want to just do for fun. And then some people who kind of want to make it a business. And I thought like, might as well go hard, hard in the paint, um, and hired people to like help me who were knowledgeable about Instagram and TikTok. Um, and a lot of what I learned was the first three seconds of a video are extremely important. Um, you know, us growing and even showing TikTok now, um, like we have such short attention spans. Um, so the first three seconds, you really have to catch that, uh, that viewer's attention. So that's what I really focused on. It's like a lot of psychology, actually, if you think about it. Um, so a lot of those hooks were like, um, three secrets to make more putts or three ways to improve your chipping where like, someone's like, okay, like I'm kind of struggling with chipping. I want to see what this guy has. And it would, be just, it would just be a very aesthetically pleasing video of me chipping with three things. And then what I would do is I would put it in the caption and explain a little bit longer um, because of that's like the, not this isn't more of the psychology, but more of just how Instagram works where watch time gets you more views. So I was hoping that while someone was reading the more information in the caption, the video will be playing in the back and you'd get more views, which would help Instagram, you know, promote it more. So that was really the bread and butter. Um, and it took a while to get to the first 1,000, right? I was like, you know, really stoked. I was following other pages. I was saying, hey, I'm new here. Like, go check out my account. And, you know, the content really wasn't that great. And then I think from like one to 10,000, it grew very quickly. Really? Um, was there then, a moment where like you hit, you had like a viral reel and you're like, oh my God, this is so sick. Or like, like when was that? I want to take you back to that. Or like, take me to that mind frame of like that little like click or that. It was that funny. Spark, it was actually dude. It was, it was on TikTok, not Instagram, where I hit my first 100,000 view TikTok. Um, and I was calling my friend because he was always like, you know, I was always talking about starting this account. He's like, you know, do it. Um, and we came up with the name, obviously, like Short Game King. Um, pretty catchy name. And it was a guess the par video on TikTok. My face wasn't even in it. It was, you know, the camera just showing on each of the shots and people would have to guess the par. Um, and it just, it blew up. It got like, as in like from the tee box, you, from legs down, legs down, you can only see the ball and my, so it's like, I'd hit a driver, then I'd hit like an iron, then a wedge. And then maybe would have to guess if it's a par four, par five. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, And it just got, you know, to a hundred thousand. And I was calling like every 10 minutes, like, oh my God, I grew another 10,000 views, not even followers. So I think when that hit, um, I was really like, okay, I can do it. Cause I didn't hit my first couple viral reels until I was like at 15 or 20,000 followers. Uh, you know, TikTok has more virality. So I think once that hit, I was like, okay, maybe I can get the hang of the social media thing, you know, figure out how it works. And, 
I would always post the same thing on Instagram and TikTok. So like cross post, um, and you know, things, you know, TikTok was exploding earlier. So when I, I had like 6,000 followers on TikTok, when I had like maybe 400 on Instagram, um, and I've just preferred Instagram as a platform as a whole, um, at least as a creator, probably as a viewer, I prefer TikTok, but as a creator, it's more of like a community aspect, um, more DMs. Like it's actually funny on TikTok. You can't DM someone unless they follow you, um, which is really annoying. So I preferred, um, oh I preferred Instagram more. So I was a little bit bummed that, you know, I was growing farther on TikTok than Instagram. It was like a sudden shift where, I think like Instagram's algorithm noticed me and then like I overtook TikTok within a couple days and then I I would try to replicate similar videos that did well. So if there was something like three secrets to make more putts, I would do secrets to make more chips. Something with like the same titles, um, same sounds. There's like, it's actually really funny. Like I, there's so many things and tips about like how to grow on social media. I was actually at one point thinking to become like a golf social media coach. I swear. Yeah. Dude, coach uh, me up, baby. Let's go. Because <laughs> it, it like got to the point where like, yeah. and this is going a little bit longer in, you know, sort of the timeline where I was growing at like 2,500 followers a day, where it was, yeah. How it was much were you posting at this time, dude? Or is it like three times a day, no, four a day. times a day? No, okay. On day. both platforms, on TikTok and? Well, TikTok, uh, I, I didn't grow as fast. Like right now I'm, only, I'm at 30,000. So I'm clearly struggling a little bit more, but I post like three times on TikTok just because, you know, TikTok's way more sporadic where like Instagram, you know, like a lot of your TikTok followers don't see your stuff where Instagram's more, like I said, the community. Um, but what was I saying? Something about the coach. Yeah. Like it was like, I was growing out like 2,500 followers a day and it was getting to the point where like people were like texting me, like my friends are like, dude, are you buying followers? Like what's going on? I was like, dude, I have no idea. And it just like, I think there's a point where like the algorithm like notices you. Um, and then it's just like, you have like a huge wave behind you where it was like every other video over time would get over four or 500,000 views. Um, I was reaching five to, to 8 million accounts a month. Right. That's when everyone gnarly, looks at, dude. Yeah. Yeah, when everyone at their stats and I'm like, I'm a golf account, you know? So I was like, okay, there's a huge niche here and clearly people like the short game aspect. Right. Um, Cause that's what I was posting at the time. Up until like I got to 50,000 followers, it wasn't even tips about uh, drivers, irons. There wasn't even like whole vlogs. It was purely just like short game tips and aesthetically pleasing videos. Um, so it was, it was really interesting. Um, and yeah, there was just a lot of viral videos. So yeah, once you, when you reach five to eight million accounts a month off of 30 posts, right? Because at that time I was still posting once a day, maybe twice a day, but like call it 30 to 40 posts a month. And you reach five to eight million, like you're just getting so many eyeballs on your account and on your post. Cause how Instagram works is like if someone watches your video that don't follow you and they watch the whole thing, like, and you post again, they're gonna, Instagram's gonna show that person your video again. But when they've seen it like three or four times, they're eventually gonna go to your profile and follow you. Um, and I was doing a lot of what they call call to action, like CTA, where I would put like at the end of a video or end of a caption, like, hey, follow for more short game tips or like follow if you want to improve your putting. So if someone's watching it and they're like, shit, I want to improve my putting. Like I'm going to follow this account. Like they post right. cool. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. And then it just kept growing. And then dude, so it's amazing I, to hear this in under a year, bro. I mean, it's been like what, 10 months. Like that's a huge flow. So let's get into like the grind aspect, dude. Like, what is it like? Take us behind the scenes. Cause obviously you could be a viewer 
and you could see Daniel, you could see Short Game King, like all these, like you said, aesthetics, call to actions. It's cool, but like, what's it like to actually do it and to like put out that amount of content? Because I imagine it's it's way more than meets the eye to like the average uh, guy just scrolling before bed or whatever. Yeah, and I and I tell my friends this too, and they ask. I say like, actually, like not even filming the content, but like once you have the post that you want to post, to getting it to like call it your end product in your drafts, it probably would take me like thirty minutes to an hour, um, just because I'm like a perfectionist where like it actually got to the point where I realized every word in your call it your hook or caption makes a difference. So I would actually, so we'll talk about the filming part. Like filming would take a while. I would go out at the grand, I would bring my tripod and it's also tough when you're one person, you know, a lot of these people are groups, so they have someone else filming you, but one person, like you have your tripod, you stick it down. You got to make sure the angle's right. The lighting's good. Have to make sure the sun's behind you. And I would just go and film for like three, four hours a day and just create like a bank of content, chipping videos, putting videos, flop shots, uh, long pots, bunker shots, just get like accumulation of shots so that when I can think of the content, like I have the video for it, right? So if I wanted to think of like a bunker tip, I would have a bunker shot to put behind that, that, uh, you know, topic. Uh, so that in itself takes a while. And like, I was sweating, I was running back and forth. You know, it's hard. Like I've shot and it's like a pain in the ass and there might be a group behind you. Right. And then you're playing with your buddies. Your buddies are giving you shit. They're like, yeah, no. So I would never do that with my buddies. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I would, you know, I wouldn't really film when I played because it's just like, it takes me so much time to find spots where I want to film that like, it just, I wouldn't do it. And I was like, I got to the point where I didn't want to film on the short game area or like call it the driving range because I wanted like to see like the content was an optional course. I feel like if someone views a video where it's on the range or a course, they favor the course way more because it's more like natural. Um, it seems like more like a, it's a one shot thing rather than like you took multiple shots on the range. So yeah, filming was, you know, filming was tough, but then once you have the bank, um, it was good. And then, you know, some like sponsorships and deals started coming in as well. Um, where, you know, I had a couple like exclusive contracts where like, it was funny where like, a lot of the stuff I used before I couldn't even use anymore because I had to wear their, you know, their clothing or whatever it was, their pants, shoes in those videos. So like all that hard work at that time. Right. Um, so like right now I have like an exclusive deal with pins and aces, which has been going great. Um, you know, love their stuff. I I wear their shirts or hoodies in every one of my videos. Um, but it's funny because I have so many videos that I just like can't use. Um, because I'm not wearing their stuff. Um, but like the first couple of weeks or months were hard, but like now I have enough videos where it's like, I have the content bank, but like those first couple of months, it was a little bit like, Oh my God, I just spent so much time. And like, I can't actually use it more, but it's like, it's a pros and cons. Cause like you're getting paid for it. You're getting, you know, free clothing. So, and then the editing, man, the editing is tough. Um, do you use cat? What do you use? Like Adobe premiere? Yeah, oh, CapCut. Um, yeah. I love CapCut. Um, I love CapCut too, dude. CapCut's like a pretty sweet app and it's free. It's like, there's yeah, a lot of value in CapCut, dude. And, and I like it better than the computer because I like using my fingers more than the mouse. Um, so yeah, I've been using CapCut ever since I started. And, you know, it really is a great, uh, it's a great tool. But really like what would happen is like, I would have to find, you know, the video that I would want that I thought was good lighting. Obviously, you know, cut it down, edit it to make it brighter, right? I think making anything brighter, more colors is better it's funny like some video on your phone can look shit and then you go do editing that looks like you're at the sunset 
um, which I think a lot of people don't do or take advantage of is they don't edit their pictures enough. Um, we're like, turn that exposure up, turn the saturation up a bit. Like you want to stop the scroll, right? You want them to stop the, stop the scroll. If it's, if it's bright and their eyes like light up. Um, so then that's done. You get the video. Um, and then I wouldn't do the text on CapCut, um, which was really annoying. Cause like I learned that like using native text helps more. So I would have to like, what do you mean by native text? What do you mean? Yeah. So pretty much like, you know how like if you do caps cut and you write like two sentences, like Instagram or TikTok doesn't pick that up. Oh, so I see. all that's coming now is like SEO. So like they're taking caption, your what's on the screen and they're like helping categorize it. So like if you use Instagram's writing, it picks that up. So if you write like three putting tips for golfers, it's going to take putting and golfers and, you know, help you get more exposure. Same with TikTok. So, you know, whatever I would do for Instagram word wise, I'd have to do on TikTok separately. So that would take a while as well. So it was like sort of double time, especially when I was doing these whole vlogs with a lot of writing, I really wanted to just do it. Um, but I tried it multiple times and, you know, I didn't get the same views. Um, that's interesting, dude. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Cause like whenever I post, I'm trying to like go for like a style, like I think hitting tee shots at like sick ass courses, signatures, but I mean, I, I need to post more content is kind of what it sounds like as well. But uh, that's a, that's like a huge, like super interesting tip as well. Cause I'll just use like cap cut, you know? You know, people don't understand, like they've got a, like SEO is becoming a huge thing for TikTok and Instagram. Like there was a stat where like um, TikTok was the second most search second best right. search behind Google. And then I would find like a good sound. The sound would probably take me the longest. Uh, and trending sounds is super important. Um, I'm sure like everyone as time goes on, they start to realize that. Um, so like on Instagram, it's just got that arrow on the reels page. And it just like, it, it's, it takes a while because I would have to find a sound that fit and then you find that sound and then you have to find, right? So if the video is five seconds, you got to find the five seconds that you want. And then what I would like to do is like the video sort of like would loop in a sense, right? Because like you want them to watch it more than once. So you would have to make it that like it would sound good once the video ended and the video started again. You don't want to sound like too gibberish because like then they're going to like leave because they're like the sound's really annoying. Uh, so the sound took a while. And then the text like, I would, I would plan my, you know, my post for the day and I'd pretty much like write three separate hooks um, and then like just sit on it. Uh, so like, it would be like three ways to make more putts, uh, three secrets for better putting, uh, how to putt better on green. So I put those three in the notes, sit on it for a bit, go back, figure out which one I like the best um, and then roll with it. And then, you know, obviously like I come up with the, the content, the topics, the tips, um, and then you got to write the caption. Right. So then here comes the caption. You write a little bit more. That, that's probably the easiest part because that's just free writing. I just write like um, and then the hashtags. Right. But Dude, I let's think, like, talk about the hashtag, bro. What, <laughs> yeah. What's up with the hashtag? Does the hashtag um, matter or not? Because everyone says, you know, everyone I feel like no one can agree to, to one thing or the other. It's, you know, too many hashtags will sort of like dilute the algorithm. And then other I, way around is like. If I had to give like one advice to someone is like, don't stress too much about hashtags. I think that like me starting out, that was the one thing I stressed the most about. I was on YouTube finding hashtag strategies, doing different videos with different hashtags. They don't matter that much. Um, if you have a good video, it's going to do well regardless, even if you don't put hashtags, right? There were times where I didn't even put hashtags and those videos did 10 times better than with hashtags. Um, I would recommend just finding like 10 to 15 hashtags that like, you know, are 
big and small, right? So big is like over a million uses on Instagram and small is like under 100,000. And put hashtags, right? They can't hurt, um, but they're not going to like make your post go viral. Um, it's just going to help Instagram, um, you know, give it to the right audience. And apparently like a lot of people like will go to these hashtags and just scroll through. Like apparently people follow the hashtags. So that's another way you can get exposure. But now Instagram came out with this topics. Um, I don't know if you have it yet. I know they're yeah, like, I saw that. yeah, but it's so, like super minimal. It's like golf. And then like, yeah, so that's, I just, it's not like super niche. No, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I just push golf. Um, right. but like, Oh man. Yeah. I would stress so much about hashtags. I would do so much hashtag research and it does not matter. Uh, it, I take it back. It matters, but spend way more time coming up with your hook mm. and your content and make it look better because you can have the best video without any hashtags and you can have the best hashtags that you think in the video that's terrible. Um, the hashtags will not make or break your post. Right. And I, and I wish I knew that because I spent so many times I went to other creators, uh, videos and I was like, okay, they did well. I'm gonna copy all the hashtags they used. Mm -hmm. Um, and it got to the point where like, I almost drove myself insane with hashtags. And I just said, you know what, I'm gonna put it, I'm not going to care. I'm going to care more about, you know, the length of the video, the sound, what you put on the video, the color, because no one's looking at your hashtags. They're looking at your video, you know? Right. Dude, that's interesting, man. It's really cool to hear, you know, from you because you obviously know what you're doing. I mean, you blew this count up. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you, dude, is like when you look at it kind of macro of IG versus TikTok as a creator, like what are your just general thoughts? I mean, you kind of got into it a little, but I wanted to have like more of just your general thoughts on this too as just different platforms for creators. Yeah, no. So I would definitely recommend just going on both. Um, once you have a post, it takes two more minutes to post on the other platform. Um, and you have no idea what can happen. Um, so like one thing that's like extremely different, I think from both platforms is like on Instagram, like I engage a lot with other accounts. Um, so like I'll like their posts, I'll comment, I'll DM them. Right. Cause that's how you like build a community. Whereas TikTok, I feel like I have none of that, right? Like I don't comment or like any other people's posts. Even when people comment on my videos, I, re I, I mean, I reply, but like, it's almost like if I got a comment on my Instagram post, like I'm replying within two minutes. Um, so I feel like that's the biggest difference. And, you know, I've heard from other social media coaches that like, uh, like a Instagram follower is worth three times more than a TikTok follower, right? So a wow. hundred on Instagram is worth 300,000 on TikTok. Um, because it's, and it's funny cause I'm the total opposite. Like I have way more Instagram than TikTok. Um, but a lot of people are the, are the other way around. Um, but I would just say post on both, but definitely engage on the Instagram front. Cause that's how you're going to build a community who are going to keep liking and commenting on your post, you know, care what you post. Cause I feel like now I have like, you know, a bunch of people where even if I post like a minute whole vlog, like they're going to watch it all the way through. Cause like they followed me all this time and they've learned about me as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think that's where it's going. I think TikTok's just huge. You know, TikTok's a massive thing in there and, and they have a lot of traction. A lot of creators are going there. And it's also Dude, TikTok is such a beast of like a platform. It's yeah, incredible. It's a, it's yeah. a beast. And the other thing that I would say is a lot of, you know, a lot of these creators or golf creators also look for like, you know, partnerships or collabs, stuff like that. And I think that the TikTok aspect, having a following on TikTok adds a lot. So when you talk to these brands, um, or companies do work with them because, you know, you can offer them both. You can say, I can give you an Instagram and a TikTok, right? And it can justify sort of your price as well. So um, I'm, I'm an Instagram guy. Um, 
just because I like that community aspect, the stories, like I think you can take a real advantage of stories on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think they're both great platforms. And I think if you're a golf creator, any creator, you have to have both and just post both, post the same video on both. It's just like, it, it wouldn't make sense to have just Instagram and not TikTok or just TikTok and not Instagram. Right. Dude, a lot of key takeaways here. Like you mentioned stories. I mean, I always see you posting like the trivia. I think that's like something that's very engaging as well yeah. as on the story. So yeah, I posted, even when I got started, I posted a lot of trivias, a lot of polls, like would you rathers? Um, because what happens is like, if people are answering those polls, it's telling Instagram, they're engaging with your account. They like it. So when you post another story or another reel, right, it's going to show up higher up on their feed. Cause they've told Instagram, I like, you know, this guy's content I've engaged with it. Mm-hmm. So it is important to like put engaging stuff on stories. Um, and I think that it just, it just builds over time. You don't see an immediate, you know, feedback, but I think over time you'll sort of see that. Right. Dude, let's talk about a little internet hate, dude. Guys are talking shit about the strong grip. Like, what's up with that, dude? How do you deal with so that? People don't, oh, it's funny. So, like, what people don't understand is, like, I never switched my grip. This is how I've always gripped it, right? So, the minute I picked up my club, this is just how it felt right to swing a golf club. It was never like I was struggling with the slice and I switched to strong and now it's over strong. Literally, like, when I started playing, I've had this grip the whole time. Right. So that's a backstory. And that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, I didn't choose this for a reason. Um, and it's funny, like you'll get so much more hate on TikTok. Because Dude, a lot my of buddy. That, oh, my God. He gets shit on every day on TikTok. It's crazy. Because like it's like people don't follow you when they see your videos on TikTok, whereas like Instagram is the opposite. So a lot of people just like see and they hate like everyone thinks like everyone just hides behind a screen. At the beginning, you sort of take it a little bit to heart, but then you're sort of just like, thanks for the engagement, right? Like you commented, like that's going to help boost my post. And it's just, there's some like stupid stuff, man. Like yeah, I, I literally have one guy who comments every video. Like I'm not surprised you hooked that or like nice grip. Like there's a guy now who like literally comments about my grip every video. Um, and it's just like, yeah, people just like hate, like even on the, I posted a video today, like uh, trying out the new TaylorMade and I'm a, I'm a part of TaylorMade, right? And he's like, there's no way this guy's, you know, a TaylorMade athlete. And I was just like, I'm not even going to reply to you. Um, like there's just so much hatred right some people um but like you said they're just hating behind the screen like you're taking action you're putting yourself out there which is not the hardest thing to do and then you walk or the easiest thing to do excuse me and then you walked through your entire process like dude what you're doing is incredible you know what i mean you fostered you've like literally touched so many accounts and like have been exposed to so many people so dude thank you for just being a creative thank you for being you daniel it's dope. Listen, dude. you help like 99% of people and 99% of people like you, but the 1%, you just got to, you got to sort of brush off. Um, I, I don't get as much hate on, you know, the Instagram um, as I do on TikTok. Like I said, cause a lot of the Instagram guys, you know, like love me. They've been following me for a while. I always get good feedback on that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much hatred. Like even when I post a whole vlog on TikTok and I write, like I hit a 265 yard drive, they're like, no way that went 265. Like, what do you mean that one, two, six? I'm like, bro, why would I lie? Like, and the thing is, cause like I have a pretty like smooth tempo swing, but I have like a really fast downswing, which helps me get like 155 ball speed with my driver. Um, and I'm, and I'm not a big guy. I'm like five, six, five, seven, but I still hit the ball pretty far from my height. Like I outdrive a lot of my friends, like my stock carry with drivers, like 255, 260. So it's just funny. It's like, why would I lie? You know, like, why would I lie to you? Um, 
And those are the funny guys as well. They're like cap. They're like, there's no way. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, yeah. like I, and then I click on their profile and on TikTok. You can see if they follow you. Cause it says like follow back and they don't follow me. So I don't even like care. Mm-hmm. Um, none of like every time someone like writes that and I click on them, they're always saying follow. So like none of my actual followers say that it's all these like trolls, right. you know, that think they're, they're better. And it's funny. It's like, you can't let your tempers get about you. Like I can honestly be like, yeah, like come and play me. Like I'm a two handicap. Like, who do you think you are? You know, but like, you just, you're just going to start a fire. Um, and it's funny. So like some fights break out in my comment section between two people. Like, do they really? Most times, like people, like some people are like defending me, which is, is this all on joke. TikTok or on IG? Mostly it sounds like TikTok, right? Or not? If we're talking about percentages, it's 97% on TikTok and 3% on Instagram where like, I, I'll get some of the, like on some of the viral reels, like the ones that hit a million. Um, you know, cause you get a lot of random people, but the ones that had like 50 or 60,000 and most of those are like just your followers. So they're not going to troll you. Um, but yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta just avoid the haters. But yeah, it's, I've sort of like made my strong grip sort of like, you know, a thing of your me. brand, like part of you, part of Daniel. Yeah. And like now in my bio, I wrote like, yes, I know I have a really strong yeah, I grip. Saw like, that. Yeah. I, I've now taken like people's comments and like made it a video and just hit a, a straight shot being like, I don't think I need to change my grip. Um, so it does, it does offer some, you know, benefit. That's awesome, man. Um, you mentioned TaylorMade, like, let's get into that. Did you get to go to the kingdom at all and get fitted or, or what is it like working and being on staff with TaylorMade or? Yeah, not yet. So like I, I try to, I've always loved TaylorMade. Um, and it's funny. It's like the CEO of TaylorMade is actually like at the grand. He, um, oh, really? but I, I didn't go through him. I sort of, um, just sort of reached out via DM to TaylorMade. They didn't answer. And then what I did was I saw Mac Boucher, um, was with TaylorMade Canada. So I reached out to TaylorMade Canada through DMs and I was like, Hey, this is my account. Like I love TaylorMade. I would love to be a part of the team. And obviously, like, I think, like, they take some accounts serious. Like, they probably get so many DMs. But I feel like once you have, like, over 100,000 followers, like, people will definitely start to take you a little bit seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they couldn't help me. But they gave me an email of the guy who, like, works uh, in, like, social media or, like, marketing, whatever, in, in, uh, in TaylorMade America or whatever. Um, and I just, I emailed him. Uh, we set up a Zoom call. He sort of liked what I had to hear. They wanted to, like, promote a lot more of their wedges and putters. Um, and that was sort of it. It's like, they sort of have like an athlete list of like, I think 150 people. And so like, um, when they just dropped the stealth too, like it was so sweet. Like I just came home and there was a brand new package, which I'm sure you've like seen on other people's stories. Like yeah, I've seen it on came, yours, dude. It looked sweet. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. So that got sent to like I think all their tailor made athletes, right? Like even pros like Macklemore got one, like, you know, all these people are getting this box. So it's like, it was cool to like, be a part of that team where like, I know, you know, I'm going to get that. They've, you know, they've sent me new wedges, new putters. Um, so it's fun. I've always loved their stuff. And clearly this post that I just posted today is obviously getting some good traction. So they just like, they pretty much said like, we just want you to be associated with TaylorMade. Um, there's no like a formal contract or anything. It's sort of just like a very liaison relationship. Um, they were just like, when people ask you, we want, we want people to know you're playing TaylorMades. But it's just interesting now with social media, like how much influence you have, right? I mean, you said you engaged eight, eight to 10 million accounts in X amount of, yeah. X amount of posts or whatever in a month. Like that to me is like incredible and like so valuable, especially now in 2023, right? Yeah, no. And now people are starting to, you know, see that value in creators where like they're not doing Facebook ads, Instagram ads. They're going through uh, creators and paying them. 
um, which opens up a huge door for golf in itself. I think golf is still evolving a little bit um, with like the golf influencer paying stuff um, that like gym or fashion haven't really got up to. And I think it's going to take off soon. Um, I think golf are starting to realize like, you know, the good goods of the world, all these YouTube golfers like Callaway goes out and signs good, good, right? Like that's going to help them immensely. And that's just sort of the start of like the power of social media. And I think um, they're just going to keep branching out. And I think Instagram and TikTok, you know, I've had a good experience dealing with brands and partnerships, contracts, you know, deliverables posts, which has been a great, you know, experience and learning curve. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy with the brands that I've been working with, you know, and the opportunities they've given. Um, so I think a lot of other brands are starting to realize, like, let's go through these creators who have great views, right? If I make a post for, so a couple of my primary partners are Stitch and Pins and Aces. Um, so I do love working with them and I do a lot of posts for them. So like on one of the videos I did for Stitch on their new like travel bag, it got like 460,000 views, which I, I never expected it to even get that. Cause I always tell people like on a, partnership post or a post about a company like at least for my account you're ranging from like 20 to 50,000 views just because like people feel like it's a sales and like they'll scroll by but that's still really good value like 20 to 50,000 eyeballs and this one got like 450,000 and I mean people like even if they don't buy it they still now know the name Stitch in the golf game you know um so I think that like I've really enjoyed that aspect of it as well right so like you have the golf you have like golfing you have like the creativity of like creating and imagining what type of post you have. You have like the actual like technician behind posting and the sounds, the hashtags. And then you have like the brands and like working with companies, repping their clothes and like sort of like um, the social aspect of it, you know, and you meet a lot of cool people along the way as well. Right. No, that's awesome, dude. It's so cool. It's really cool. All right, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time. We, we already no, hit 30. No, 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 we're good. I, I move, I move something, so we can still chat for another. It's yeah, we're good. We were just five and five and my bad, to cut you off there. But I, I wanted to kind of like end it on um, two things: goals, because that's the first, that's the post where I interacted with you, and I thought that was really cool that you said that. I'm a big goal guy. I think if you write something down, the odds of you achieving it, and and I'm not betting against you, Daniel. Like after this, this kind of dude, I'm fired up as well. Uh, so I wanted to get into goals first and then I wanted to end on like some of your favorite courses you ever played. Cause based on some of your posts, I mean, you're, you're all around, you're traveling, you went to uh, I don't want to ruin it, but we'll, we'll get into those too. So let's hit goals first. So yeah, goals. I sort of sat, sat down and sort of just thought about like next January, like what would I want to accomplish, you know, based on like how these last nine months have gone, right? Like this hasn't even been a year in like golf and content. Um, so I think like once you hit over a hundred thousand, you don't grow as fast as you do, um, before, um, it's just sort of like Instagram promotes smaller, you know, pages. So I think that gaining another 80,000 in a year is definitely, you know, up my alley. It's going to be hard. I really do think it's going to be harder than the first a hundred that I got. Um, just because like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, and the, and the other thing of like the goals of the account is like, I'm not straying away from short game tips, but I think that's like 40 to 50% of my content now, which is more of like the viral stuff, right? So the viral stuff is what's going to get you the followers because those hit like 500,000, but I'm really trying to dive more into like, you know, feel good content, you know, like cool shots, whole vlogs, like really showing like the other side of me golfing, right? Cause like everyone knows I like short game, but like people don't really understand. Like I'm actually like a semi decent golfer, right? Like I can hit the ball 
Um, so I think it's like, that's how I want to shift sort of the content as well as like have a very balanced approach of like golf humor, golf content, you know, trick shots, cool chips. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen my content evolve over the past. Um, so that's why I don't think I'll grow as quickly. And it's more of like, uh, we've got these followers, let's nurture them, but I still think 80,000 in a year is pretty feasible. So I'm gonna work towards that and get to 75,000 on TikTok, right? So TikTok's a slow grind for me. Um, so hopefully we get there, but just keep doing the same things, you know, work on the sounds, keep up with trends, still the same, same that I've been doing to how I grew. Um, and then a couple others, right? I said, I wanted to break 70. I haven't broken the 70 mark. So, um, I've only broken par like three times. All at the grand. One was at the grand one was at Jeep's ranch and Bandon Dunes, which was my first one. Dude, I'm going awesome. there in February, by the way. Just shout out to Bandon really? Dunes. I love Bandon Dunes, dude. Oh my God. You're going you're gonna to have the best time there. I hope you get great weather. Um, so when you go play Sheep's Ranch, you'll see how cool of a course it is. Um, and then I think the Grand twice, actually. Um, but never been in the 69, 68. Um, it's just like I've, like, I've collapsed. Um, there was a time where I was at the Grand. I was like three under through 16. And I don't know if you've played the Grand. I mean, we'll go out there. But... 16, 17, and 18 is a grueling last three holes. It's like a really skinny par five. Par uh, three, like right, drive. then? Part yeah, three that, one, that, one over the, that one over the water, and it can get up to like 205, 210. So, like, you're hitting five iron. And then 18 is like not a hard par four, but it's like you're not really birdieing it. Um, it's a very hard birdie hole. So, like, I think I was like three under one time, and I went bogey, bogey, maybe par or bogey. And I finished, like, I think even or one under. Um, and that might, like, I just collapse. I don't know. Um, you know, it's all the mental game. So really trying to break the 70, trying to get into the 69, 68 era. I think that's a great goal that I can hit, um, hole in one. I mean, that one's, that one's on everyone's bucket list. I still haven't had one. Um, and maybe it happens on camera, which would be really sick. Dude, that sounds like it'd be going viral for sure. So like, hopefully one of the whole vlogs that I'm filming, you know, one drops, um, we can zoom in on it. So that's that's the one that everyone has every year. And, you know, it probably won't happen, but we can always dream. And then I really want to get out with my buddies. We don't do enough golf trips and we all play golf. I have like a group of like eight to 12 guys that can easily get out there and go break a hundred, right? There's a couple that, you know, I actually think I only have like one or two like uh, single digit handicaps. So a lot of the others just sort of do for fun. But I really want to go out and I love traveling for golf. So go to like, you know, around here, like Arizona, the Vegas, um, you know, Texas, Florida, go play like three or four of these courses we've never played. So I want to do, I want to try to do two of those. Um, and then, yeah, I want to play with some followers. Um, so whether it's with one, two, three, um, I want to get out there. I want to play with some guys and, and it's great. I got a lot of good feedback and reception from the story. You know, a lot of people replied back saying, and a lot of the San Diego guys were like, hey, bump me up that list, bro. Bump me up that yeah, list. Yeah. Uh, no, definitely. You're, you're at the top. So like a lot of people were like, I'll play with you. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. It's like, it's going to be like sort of out of the ordinary where I'm like, I'm going to be in San Diego next weekend. Like who wants to play? Right. Um, and, you know, or even if someone asked me like in LA or something like that, that, that'll still count. If someone's like, hey, I want you to come and play with me at this course. Sure. Like when I might have said no one time, like I'm going to go out and play with them, you know, Um so yeah, I think like getting out and playing there with other people is awesome. Cause like, I think it would be cool. Like, you know, like I look up to other accounts, like I look up to Mac Boucher a lot, you know, like a lot of these other people. And if I played around with them, like 
I wouldn't be like starstruck, but it'd be like really cool because like you see their shots in real life. So I think it'd be cool to like, you know, play with other people as well. Play with some followers who've been like loyal, good followers and have supported me. So I think those are some of the goals. I really think that I can hit all of those. So I'm looking forward to those. All right. Well, it's January 19th, baby. So we got some time. Yeah, I know. We got some time. Nice, bro. All right. Let's end it on favorite golf courses because you you mentioned you wanted to go on some golf trips, but based on some of your content I've seen, dude, it looked like you've been out to, uh, you've already done some like pretty sweet yeah so far yeah and i've been extremely blessed to get out there and play some of honestly the best courses in the world um you know there was i'll talk like the scotland trip that i went on it was a thing where like it was a a group type uh program where you went with a third party thing and they organized everything and one of the groups bowed out and the guy at the grand the head pro reached out to my dad and was like someone bowed out they've cut the price 50%. Do you want to go? And my dad was like, obviously. So we, me and him, two of his buddies, and we got to play some of these spectacular courses in Scotland for like half of the price that you would normally pay with, you know, a normal trip. Um, and that was a great experience. We got really good weather. We played in some grueling wind and rain, which was cool. Um, but you know, we, we played St. Andrew's old great course, last two holes, everything else pretty uh is pretty ordinary but you really got to take it when you're walking those courses dude what was the town like there because the town is like pretty sick right yeah the town was really cool you know by the university um they have a university out there and the town was awesome like we would just walk and chill on the 18th green went to the store um but you know they have a ton of like these huge greens like i had multiple over 100 foot putts uh like they have dual greens with dual holes um, but there was one course there that I think would be in my top five called King's Barnes. Um, if anyone goes to Scotland, I mean, that's probably the top of my list. It's like a mixture of like Lynx golf and ocean course. Um, and I love ocean courses. Um, and I would say, honestly, I mean, number one, and I think it would be a number one on a lot of people's list is Cypress Point. Um, you played there? I was, yeah. Dude, I got um, to play there this past year too. What? Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, like- Oh, so we can we can vouch together. Yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, my USC buddy, his dad's a member there, and he to go out there, stayed in you know in uh, in the little town there, and we played two rounds. And my God, I mean, we got great weather, no wind, blue skies, so yeah. it wasn't like pull. Um, and I mean, that was and it was actually funny. I was even through sixteen really? at Cyprus, dude. Sixteen's before a beast I of a hole. I hit a three wood and I two putted for par. Um, and it got really cold. It was like the sunset and I couldn't actually like feel my hands and I went bogey bogey. So finished with a 74, but no one's complaining with a 74 at Cyprus. Dude, 17 and 18 are pretty, pretty interesting holes too. 17 being yeah, right on the water. Yeah. With like that small green and then 18. 18 is nothing special though from the whole course. It's just, uh, you know, up the hill. Um, so yeah, Cypress is up there. I mean, I've, I loved Sheep's Ranch in Bandon. Um, when you go there, make sure to play it. It is probably one of the most spectacular courses and coolest holes I've ever seen. Like extremely cool greens, extremely cool tee shots, like 70 yard par threes, but like green sloping away from you. Um, so I loved a lot of the courses out in Bandon, but Sheep's Ranch definitely takes it. Um, Did you play like love- all the other courses at Bandon too, like Trails and Pacific? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you played all funny. five? Yeah. So for the Bandon trip, we went with the Grand. They ha- they brought out 40 members and it was like a 20 v 20. We did like a match. 
So I played 36 holes a day for three days straight matches. Um, so like you played against other people, you played scrambles, alternates, um, and we got to play like all those six courses. So it was awesome, but it wasn't like a, a friendly man. It was actually like pretty competitive. Um, cause like you were playing for your team. So it was like, it was kind of cool. You sort of got like taken to a new level, but yeah. what'd you think of trails, down. dude? I know I, cause I've been, to, I awesome. go to abandon like pretty much every year. So I know I'm like, I've played every course, but sheeps, which I need to get um, on. But dude, uh, yeah. what'd you think of trails as being like a SoCal guy? Well, yeah, I, I love trails. Like I said, my courses are like ocean courses, sort of mountains where trails is, you know, obviously a lot of pine trees and perfect condition right so like that's why i think i loved it a lot it was really good scenery it was definitely tough definitely one of the tougher ones at bandon but like i would take a cypress a pebble um a barns over trails any day just because of you know i like i like the scenery and i like i, I don't know whenever i play golf near a beach or water it just like it feels like so peaceful um but there's no hate against trails i think trails would be my second one um, and then probably like old Mac. I thought old Mac was an incredible course. Feels like being um, on Mars or something, doesn't it? Like a yeah, different the world, Earth. dude. Yeah. Um, and you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of just band or Pacific dunes. You know, they were tough, but they weren't, they weren't up to standard with sheeps, old McDonald or, uh, trails. And then I was lucky enough to also play pebble, uh, Spanish and, um, shit. What's the other one called there? MPCC. No, there's another one. Poppy Hills. Gosh. No, not Poppy Hills. It's like, it's sort of like trails. It's in the mountain. Oh, uh, preserve. It starts with a P or something, right? Oh my God. How am I preserve. forgetting this? No, it's not called the preserve. This, this is in, uh, by Pebble. Um, but whatever, it was the third best course. Um, so Pebble's obviously like incredible to go play, but when you go to Pebble, you sort of get the vibes of it being a public course. Um, you know, it was actually fun. when we were on the first tee, the guy in front of us topped his driver. Um, so like you get that sort of, uh, vibe and I, I loved Spanish Bay as well. Um, so I'd say those are a couple of probably my favorite courses. Oh, and then I was obviously lucky enough to play LACC. Dude, um, let's talk about that. Cause that's where the U S <laughs> open's going to play. Dude, I saw that on your story. Yeah. I'm like, this guy, what is LACC so like? I've heard I'm crazy things. I'm literally sitting down just on Instagram and my, I knew that my, one of my best friends was going to play LACC that day. But like, I always like, I, nug, I, I, I nudged him. I was like, come on, get me on, get me on. Cause it was his cousin. It was his cousin and uncle who are members. And he was like, dude, I don't know if we can. They came up, they came up from San Diego and played at like, till like from like seven to 11. Right. So they played 18 and they were like, damn, we drove up here all the way. And we woke up at like five, like we might as well play another 18. And he called me and he's like, dude, you want to come play LACC? And I'm like, hell yeah like i can be there in 20 minutes i hop over it's like only like eight minutes from my house um and it, it was spectacular um you know as you know it rained here like crazy the past couple weeks so it was definitely soggy um it definitely wasn't in its perfect conditions and you have to walk so you know mud on the shoes and a lot of the lies were wet um but i mean damn it's going to be a hard u.s open um were you able to get any content i know you took some no, shots but we, we, uh I, I mean i obviously didn't bring my tripod um i left it and on one of the on one of the part three she was like we can't really record but i'll film you on one of the holes like it's away from the clubhouse or whatever um so we got it on that hole but even going there i never even wanted to film um wanted to just enjoy it it is a tough course we didn't really keep score we were sort of just hanging around but i probably would have shot around the 80s low 80s probably 79 to 83 with back-to-back -back birdies um 
What were the Which greens was, like? Was it just, I know you said it just rained. Obviously it just rained in SoCal, but. Yeah, so they were rolling at probably like an 11 to 12. So they weren't as fast. I think at the open, they're going to be at like a 14, 15. Um, but you can definitely tell that like, they're going to be firm and roll off the green at the US Open. Um, so they were tough, but they rolled pretty true. Um, but man, the par fours are long. Um, I, Did you we play it like tipped out? Yeah, no, we didn't play tipped out where the U.S. Open tees are, but we played right. tips, which was yeah. seventy hundred, which is like normal tips. Right. But the last three holes were all par fours, and they were all five hundred forty yards. Um, I <laughs> yeah. thought I, I thought I thought about every I thought about every shot when I got home, and I honestly didn't hit my pitching wedge, nine iron, eight iron, or seven iron once. Wow. So every par three was hybrid six iron, three wood. Um, and then every approach on a par five was a hybrid and then like a wedge because I couldn't even reach. And then par fours, there were times where I'd hit driver three hybrid and I still had like 80 yards left. Mm -hmm. um, so I would always have like six, five iron. So it's a tough course. I wouldn't expect the US Open winner to be in double digits. Um, but, you know, like I said, it was it's a 19th ranked course in the US. Right. So it was it was amazing to play. It's a fantastic clubhouse. Like going into eighteen, it's a great course. I was, I was, I was over the moon when the guy when he called me. Um, I was Do like, you Dude, see I'll all of LA from because it's kind of like in the hills, right? Or yeah, like I mean, there's a couple nice. Yeah, it's like it's not in the hills. There's like the part three you can see downtown skyline, okay. yeah. um, but like uh, you can't. You can see a couple houses, but like you don't really feel like you're in LA. If that makes sense, mm. um, it feels just like a normal golf course, just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. dude so what do you think of like primo la like super exclusive golf obviously lacc obviously riv but like what about the other yeah. like what else is kind of on that list um lacc riv i mean brenwood is is a private one which is pretty nice um i wouldn't say it's like top top of the notch exclusive um bel-air it's a really nice golf course that i'm trying to eventually play yeah um, but yeah bel-air is supposed to be like a kind of old school style golf but like perfect perfect condition you know like palm springs type condition um so i i, I mean yeah these i just got to get invited um you know there's there's no other way around it besides you know playing with buddies at public courses um but like i said i and it's funny like i don't even play golf anymore um where it's like and the and and one of the things that i've always thought about is like when i play with people or like they're always like oh short game king like you should do better than that or like oh we got the short game king like see what he's gonna do and it's like my short game's gone not better, but like I've lost a little bit of the touch since I started the account because like when I film, like I'm just, you know, chipping for film, right? Like I'm not like practicing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I practice the putting a lot, which I try to keep, but like a lot of the chipping, like I rarely practice chipping anymore because like when I film, I'm just chipping, you know, a whole vlog. So I chip once. Um, so it's funny. It's just like, I, I don't play golf anymore. It's like, I'll play probably 18 holes, maybe twice a month now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when a lot of these other golf creators are literally playing 18 holes every day. Right. Um, so I think they have an advantage, but you know, like I said, I, I have sort of a list when I go down to San Diego of what I want to film. Um, and the last thing I'll sort of say is like a lot of people should look to other creators for inspiration. Um, you know, I don't know if you do that yourself. I did it coming up, like go look at other accounts, go look at other golf accounts and like sort of see their type of content, see stuff that worked and see if like you cannot not copy it, but like sort of like make it your own, like spin it in a different way. You know, it's like, 
no one expects you to come up with original content. Everyone sort of copies each other, right? Like all these big TikTok creators will take trends or stuff from smaller creators and make it their own. I'm not saying that like copy it, but I think like a lot of people should, you know, follow bigger creators and, and, and watch their stuff to get inspiration. Right. Um, like I get a lot of my inspiration from TikTok, from not golfers, from like fashion bloggers, gym influencers, like lifestyle stuff, because I take that stuff and I bring it to golf. Mm. Um, you know, where I saw a lot of people doing like gym, uh, stereotypes. Um, so I brought that to golf and those have done, have done pretty well sometimes. Um, you know, a lot of people make like, uh, um, you know, like gym vlogs. So I'm starting to experiment more into like range vlogs or not, not like, like just like, I know we all talk like whole vlogs, like you do the whole, but like quick stuff, like showing you at the range and, and stuff like that. So I think it's important for people to have that like creative mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, don't be afraid to use like other people's sort of creative mind and, and have a spark. Yeah. Um, Would you say generally real fast, just last kind of thing, a lot of content sort of flows from TikTok over to IG sort of in that sort of kind of life, life cycle. Like it starts on TikTok and then maybe it comes over. Oh yeah. Like in general. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, definitely like the trends, like I'll hear a sound on TikTok and I, and I hear it multiple times on TikTok. And then like a week later, I'll hear it popping up on Instagram. So it definitely takes like a week or two. Um, but I feel like a bigger, like the big creators just post it at the same time. Um, but yeah, you definitely see a lot of stuff from TikTok. Like there's, and there's funny, like I've seen a couple like TikToks where like, there'll be like a thing that happened like nine months ago in Instagram or someone will post it like Instagram Reels users finding this out like nine months ago. Um, but yeah, man, both, both, uh, both platforms are so unique in their own way. You can like, you can post stuff on TikTok that you wouldn't post on Instagram and vice versa. Like I've been starting to post just like full talking videos on TikTok where I don't think they would do well on Instagram. Um, just cause like Instagram is more of like an aesthetic type platform. Like if you scroll through your reels, you know, maybe one out of 10 or two out of 10 will be someone talking, right? A lot of the stuff is just sounds. Whereas on TikTok it might be four or five out of 10 where someone's literally just talking to the camera. Um, so I think it's important to understand like what works on either platform as well. For sure. Dude, you dropped so many gems on this pod. I really appreciate you coming on, but let's, no, let's end it here. Yeah, no, Daniel, thank you so much, man. Really of appreciate course. you thank- having you on. Thanks for having me and hope to come back maybe in a couple months when you guys have blown up as well. Absolutely, Instagram. dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to have you on again. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Of course. See ya. All right, Daniel, thanks for coming on the pod, man. It means a lot. Um, again, for those of you who are listening, whether it's your first time or your 10th, would really appreciate a follow on Spotify uh, or a comment on Apple Music. You know, It means a lot to us. We're really trying to get into as many phones as possible. So golf is, golf is really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of the game that appeal to different people, whether it's equipment or, you know, learning about professionals or just working to get better or, or seeing personalities within the, um, within the industry, you know, learning to get to know them more personally. I think there's just so many aspects of the game. It's such a beautiful game. Uh, it brings people together and that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, we're trying to bring golfers together. We're trying to provide value to golfers via, you know, entertainment, but as well as getting on interesting and cool guests to, uh, give them a deeper perspective into, you know, some things that they might not have, uh, been interested in or, or even really known about before. And I think the whole world of golf influencing is, is really interesting. Um, I think the whole world of just influencers in general is really interesting you know, with the presence of uh, social media in today's day and age. And you heard those numbers from Dan. I mean, he's just posting uh, throughout his posts. He's able to to reach millions and millions of 
of, uh, of users a month. I think that's absolutely incredible from a marketing perspective. Um, and I mean, it's working for him. Look, he's got TaylorMade. He's got all these brands that he's working with. I think it's, it's really cool to see how he's able to turn, you know, a passion into business. Anyway, so if you enjoyed the pod, we'd appreciate a five-star ranking. Um, and yeah, hope you have a great day, guys. Take care. Bye.